morning, y'all. My name is Paula Nance, pronouns she and her. And it is good to be back with you. I have missed you. Um, I think the last time I was on this particular area in the sanctuary, it was an artifice event in November of 2019. So it is very good to be back here. Here are our readings for this morning. Anger's my meat. I sup upon myself and so shall starve with feeding. Volumnia in Coriolanus by William Shakespeare. To be in anger is impiety, but who is man that is not angry? Shakespeare. Timon of Athens. Do not plunge thyself too far into anger. Shakespeare, all's well that ends well. My tongue will tell the anger of my heart, or else my heart, concealing it, will break. Kate, in Taming of the Shrew. Shakespeare. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Ephesians 4, 26. A few decades ago, I was going through a very difficult time. Due to situations in my life over which I had no control, I found myself extremely sad every day. I was doing the appropriate things to take care of myself. I had support in place from friends and family and a pastoral counselor, all of whom patiently listened to me explain how sad I was. After months of this, I was sitting in my counselor's office connecting dots between the things that were making me so sad, including an extremely unhealthy work environment, and I ended with, I am just so angry. To which this wise and gentle pastoral counselor responded, well, thank goodness for that. I thought perhaps I had misheard him, so I asked him to repeat himself, and he gently explained that at that particular point in my life, it was much more helpful and healthy for me to be angry than sad. I had to process that for a while. I wasn't just being given permission to be angry. I was being encouraged to be angry by a mental health and theological professional. Shortly thereafter, I attended a spiritual retreat in the mountains of North Carolina. On the first night, we opened an envelope with a quote revealing the theme for the retreat. Imagine my surprise when I read the words, be angry, but do not sin. Ephesians 4.26. I am Baptist from the South. I went to Sunday school and vacation Bible school and youth group. 
I have a BA in religion from Wake Forest University, and at the time of that retreat, I was a divinity school student at Duke Divinity School. I had never heard of this Bible verse. I certainly had never heard it preached on. What a revelation. But wait, you might say, along with my friend Connor, anger is a sin, isn't it? So one of the seven deadly wrath. We're not supposed to express our anger, much less be angry, right? We've been taught that since childhood. Anger gets us into trouble. I found a couple of childhood poems while I was preparing the sermon, one of which written by American poet H.P. Nichols in 1850 was targeted specifically towards little girls. Anger. When a child is cross and angry, never must her voice be heard. Only to herself most softly may she say this simple word, lead us not into temptation. That will angry thoughts remove, make her calm and still and gentle with a spirit full of love. Evidently, women are not supposed to be angry. We're supposed to be gentle and agreeable and calm and silent. <sighs> and yet, there it is, this little nugget of wisdom. Be angry, but do not sin. Now, I know that the word sin can be problematic. It has so many cultural connotations that its meaning has become vague. It covers a multitude of, well, sins. But we know what we mean here, yes? Be angry, but do no harm. Don't hurt anyone. Do not destroy. Do not perpetuate violence. Do be angry, but do it properly. My British friends use a particular, particular phraseology when they are expressing the fullness of a feeling or action. If you are properly angry, you are fully angry, not just a little irritated or miffed. I use the phrase for the title of our sermon today, though, because it invites us to explore how to be angry properly. Aristotle said, anybody can become angry. That is easy. But to be angry with the right person, to the right degree, at the right time, for the right purpose, and in the right way, that is not within everybody's power. And it is not easy. I think the first step is to acknowledge that we are angry. For years, we have lived in a miasma of uncertainty, fear, grief, mistrust, injustice, violence, and despair. For the past two years in particular, we have been treading water in an ocean of illness and death and uncertainty and grief and fear and despair. Anger is everywhere. 
You cannot poke out your little finger without bumping into somebody else's anger. If we spend a lot of time denying or feeling guilty about our anger, then we waste time we could be doing something about what is making us angry. And there is a lot going on in the universe about which to be angry. I decided not to read this morning's headlines out loud, but you know them already. Violence everywhere, war, gun violence, personal violence, verbal violence, political violence on personal, political, local, national, and international levels. The very earth itself is experiencing violence and reacting violently. Heat waves and wildfires and floods and tornadoes and tropical storms and earthquakes. It is as if the earth itself is angry. You hear people say it all the time, the world's gone mad. And I think, yeah, in more ways than one. There is so much about which to be angry and the big angers are so prevalent that the little angers, the irritations, the small frustrations, the net like annoyances trigger responses in us that feel like overreactions. Delivery people riding their motorized bikes up and down the sidewalk. Dog owners not cleaning up after their pets. Our bodies becoming undependable. The toilet seat being left up or down. All these can cause moments of intense anger and leave us wondering what is wrong with us. So it's helpful to acknowledge our anger and to realize its context within the corporate anger of the world around us. It's helpful to understand that anger is a reasonable reaction to the greater fear and uncertainty in which we find ourselves. I chose today's reflection topic on the day the United States Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. That court decision makes me so incredibly sad and so incredibly angry. Malcolm X once said, usually when people are sad, they don't do anything. They just cry over their condition. But when they get angry, they bring about a change. Y'all, we need to bring about a change. A few of the verses from Sean Colvin's song, Diamond in the Rough, that was pre-program pre, uh, music this morning, keep running through my mind, especially in relation to this current backstep to women's rights. Every now and then I can see that I am getting somewhere. Where I have to go is so deep. And then here it is, ready? I was angry back then, and you know I still am. I have lost too much sleep. I'm gonna find it. 
I was angry back then, and you know, I still am. It can be scary to interact with our anger. I dare say that few of us have had positive role models for constructive handling of anger, and goodness knows we don't see it being practiced by many of the leaders of our land. Some of the thoughts that go through my head are not as peace-loving as I might hope, but I honor those thoughts, bring them to my community, perhaps not on social media, and search for a constructive way to process them. We struggle to find a context to acknowledge our anger, to explore our anger and express our anger without becoming controlled or held hostage by our anger. The good news of our readings today is that anger doesn't have to lead to violence. We can create context in which we can be angry without causing harm. Anger can lead to constructive, creative expressions and actions that make the world a better place, that solve problems, that create justice. We need one another, though, to explore how to creatively and constructively express our anger. We need to hold each other accountable, to provide positive outlets for our anger, to brainstorm ways to funnel our anger into change, to comfort one another when it all just becomes too much. We need one another. Anger in isolation can become an obsession, a self-righteousness that feeds on itself. Anger in isolation destructively agrees with itself until it has canonized itself into an immutable right. It becomes codified into an inviolable certainty which justifies any action acting on the presumption that it deserves to be defended by any means necessary. We continue to witness this violent, destructive, soul-withering anger infect our society on a daily basis. We need each other to process and explore our anger. Be angry, but do not sin. Do no harm. Do not hurt yourself or others. Do not destroy or humiliate or annihilate. We don't have to approach this concept only in what we shouldn't do. I have a friend who teaches folks to think in and clauses instead of but clauses. Be angry and creatively work to change the situation that is making you angry. Be angry and make the world a better place. Be angry and start a group, write a play, begin a blog, organize a protest. Native American poet and novelist Sherman Alexie proclaims, poetry equals anger times imagination. God, I love that. Amen to that. Poetry equals anger times imagination. 
dance equals anger times imagination. Music equals anger times imagination. Art equals anger times imagination. Activism equals anger times imagination. Artivism equals anger times imagination. Amen to all of that. Be angry. Do no harm. Make a change. What will your anger and imagination create? Hi, Reverend Paula. Thank you so much for joining me to talk after the service and your sermon today. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> of course. I, um, for those of us who are watching, I am Deb Walker, the Religious Education Assistant, and I have with me Reverend Paula Nance. <laughs> thank you for taking time. Um, the message was entitled Properly Angry. Um, what inspired this message? I was in my mom's car and um, the radio comes on automatically because we haven't figured out how to turn that off yet. <laughs> uh, and it was on NPR and it, it was the day that the United States Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. And I realized how angry I was. And within that same moment of thought, because I had been thinking about this Sunday, I, I realized that this sort of the reflection would be on anger. Sometimes that's the way it happens. Mm -hmm. Wow. There have been a lot of recent events that have <laughs> sparked messages and sermons, yeah. Well, it, it, it sometimes um, happens that I will be thinking about one thing or another and actually had been thinking about a different direction and, um, and realized that this community is an incredible community mm -hmm. to explore Anger, I also knew from um, later on from the emails that were coming from the church about finding ways to respond to this particular situation, anger inducing yeah. situation, that um, the community here would, would understand how I, how I was inspired, how I got to this topic. Um, what what resources did you draw from as you were preparing the sermon and like what texts or sacred? <laughs> right. Um, I, the Ephesians passage, Ephesians 4.26, be angry, but do not sin. Mm. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Be angry, but do not sin has been an incredibly important Bible verse for me in my own personal formation. Um, I joke and say it's because it's the only one that I know I have at least half of, almost <laughs> perfect. I'm still working on that other half. <laughs> but it really, uh, it was revelatory to me when I realized that the very book that had been used as I was growing up to tell me that I shouldn't be angry uh, gave me permission and encouragement to be angry properly mm. in the right way mm -hmm. um, and then the rest of the the quotes are from Shakespeare I also <laughs> am a part-time high school English teacher so right. I spend quite a bit of time playing around with Shakespeare and I love I loved those quotes mm -hmm. 
Thank you for sharing that with us. Sure. Were there things that um, as you're preparing or as you spoke today that um, you didn't quite get to or, or you would like to share with us now that maybe we can spend some time reflecting and thinking about in the coming week? There are. Um, it's actually quite hard to tell a Baptist that she needs to speak in 10 to 12 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I know the thing. <laughs> Especially when it's on something like anger. Mm. I mean, I almost thought to be continued um but i got i i got the the reflection down to about 13 minutes and then i kept taking things out mm. and it kept staying at 13 minutes when i would run it oh my goodness so this morning in fact i decided to take out one of the two poems the mm. children's poems so mm -hmm. i thought i'd share oh it. do share please it's by isaac watts who is best known as the the hymn writer for joy to the world and he, he wrote um, a poem called, Let Dogs Delight to Bark and Bite. Let dogs delight to bark and bite, for God hath made them so. Let bears and lions growl and fight, for tis their nature too. But children, you should never let such angry passions rise. Your little hands were never made to tear each other's eyes. <laughs> no anger no anger oh. um i also found myself um cutting a quote this really hurt me uh, and i don't actually have it with me because mm -hmm. uh it wasn't on the the printed version for the, <laughs> right it, it's in my um it's in my sermon and resources mm -hmm. copy but that was 14 pages so i didn't i mean i read a lot of poetry I, I put down a lot of thoughts. I had mm -hmm. some other song lyrics in there. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I decided to cut some of the Sean Colvin lyrics that um, talk about when I, when I was a little girl, I'd go down to the water mm -hmm. with a little stone in my hand. It would shimmer and sing and we knew everything. But um, when I was a little girl, I'd go down. And they'd go, but uh, in a little while, I became steeped in authority. Heaven mm -hmm. only knows what went wrong. There is nothing so cruel as to bury that jewel when it was mine all along. I'm gonna find it. Mm. Um, so that that uh, I took out some of that so that we could get in under 13. Uh, mm -hmm. And um, <clears throat> uh, I have no idea how long this over was. <laughs> but um, but also uh, there was an Audre Lorde mm. quote mm -hmm. about guilt mm. towards anger. And there's a line in the in the reflection that says it, it is something about it being a waste of time mm. to to feel guilty about our anger. Um, and I ended up I ended up I ended up cutting it because it was more about the guilt than it was about the anger. And the Malcolm X quote was pretty similar mm -hmm. about change, mm -hmm. but I really wanted to keep in that older quote. <laughs> so um, that. Mm -hmm one of the things about reflection writing is that you you can't be too precious about it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. let it go out and all right right touch us and <laughs> help there'll us. be another day to... there'll be more for part two because i'm sure we won't this will be the last time we find ourselves disappointed or angry right, right, right. So, and i also knew we were gonna have this time so i can put the poem in there <laughs> i should have bought the quote <laughs> well thank you thank you so much for making time to chat after and for sharing this reflection with us at this time, because we do have these feelings and it is important to reflect and express.
Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thank you.